Good morning. Good morning, RPR listeners. Happy Tuesday. I'm Jacques Daniel, broadcasting from the downtown Catholic Chancery in the Diocese of Rapid City, and I'm here with... Karen Gibis. And we are ready for a fantastic show. I've got coffee. Karen, Karen's got water. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not, ready. You're not caffeinating. You're not caffeinating this morning. I am not. Okay. Great. We are. Uh, yeah, we're we're excited. I'm excited. Howard, you know, I don't know about anybody else. This morning was beautiful. The weather was nice. It feels like it might be starting to warm up, but. Um, just had a beautiful evening last night. It was we, gorgeous. Saint, the Feast of St. Augustine, our family has a tradition. We kicked off our school year. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, we homeschool, and our tradition is that on the Feast of St. Augustine, or as close as we can get to it, we go to Hill City and have a beautiful dinner at the Alpine Inn, and the kids get to order whatever dessert they want. And uh, so we did that last night. It was beautiful, beautiful weather, and... And uh, it's hard to not wake up after that and think this is a beautiful day. Right. And I get to be on the radio with Karen. Yay. And uh, we have some amazing guests today. I am super excited about our guests lined up. It's going to be a great show. Excellent. So we should probably, before we begin, we should pray. pray. Yes. Let's go pray. For it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And just take a moment, wherever we're at, uh, driving, probably shouldn't close your eyes if you're driving. Just take a moment to call to mind uh, the loving gaze of the Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the sunshine and uh, new opportunities to learn and all the ways that you're at work in our life. I just ask that you would be with us in our conversations and all that we do today, in our work, in our joys, and our sufferings. We offer it up to you, Lord. Uh, be with us as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, as now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we are ready, I think, for our yes. first guest, Dr. James Link. Are you on the phone with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good morning. It can't possibly be as nice in Bismarck as it is in Rapid City this morning. <laughs> it's pretty nice here, but probably quite not quite as nice as you down in the southern belt, so, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the banana belt down here? Yeah. Right, right, exactly, yep. Well, Dr. Link, uh, good morning. I'm glad to have you on this morning, and maybe we could just start, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you are, and what's happening yeah. in your world. Absolutely. No, uh, so, yes, I'm up here in the uh, Diocese of Bismarck, and uh, I'm a clinical psychologist, have been uh, in private practice for about 15 years. I'm also on faculty at the University of Mary in the uh, psychology department and Catholic studies as well. So, you know, I have just done a lot of work over the years, uh, kind of integrating faith, religion within the practice of psychology and uh, serving the church in different denominations. So, That is fantastic. Well, good morning and welcome. And today we're going to talk a little bit, I think, about mental health 
and uh, mental health. Maybe everybody knows what that is. We it seems like that's a, a popular uh, buzzword. You know, yeah. celebrities. Everybody's talking about mental health. Right. Um, but how how do we define mental health? What does that mean? Sure. Well, I think you're right. It it uh, it can be a vague concept, and uh, uh, I think if, if you look at some of the more popular definitions and ones that would certainly fall within how we think about things theologically and philosophically, you know, mental health. Uh, you want to look at it on a dimension because it's kind of a dimensional approach. A lot of times people think of mental health and they equate it with mental illness. Um, We all have mental health. We all have spiritual health. We all have physical health, right? But um, mental health doesn't equate with mental illness. And so we have to understand that our mental health is kind of our capacity to deal with our emotions, our thoughts, um, psychologically, how it affects how we think, feel, and act. And, you know, how we kind of relate to stress, how we handle stress. Those would be, be, be some big components of what I would, would say uh, influence our mental health. You know, how we think, how we feel, and how we relate to others. Excellent. And, you know, these days, as I said, you know, you hear the buzzword mental health. Um, everyone's talking about it. And, and I think probably the reason people are talking about it is that we have all sorts of issues um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we're more aware of it. Again, maybe there's the social component of being able to to broadcast and talk to people and, and find common differences, but it, maybe there's a reality that, that uh, there's a growing uh, issue with a healthy mental state. <laughs> I don't know what you think about that, Dr. Link, but uh, is there, are there rising issues with mental health in the culture? Sure. Well, it's hard to argue with that if you just look at the statistics on, in terms of, you know, mental health conditions. They've certainly um, risen over the past several decades, and that can be t- to many different reasons. I think, uh, on one hand, as always, it's good to uh, to have an awareness of our mental health and um, to understand how we need to take care of ourselves, right? To take care of our mental health to be to be uh, functioning well, uh, mind, body, soul. Um, on the other hand, I think at times, perhaps in our age today with social media and all of those um, aspects of, of, you know, technology and, and uh, the world at large, some of this stuff gets gets brought up more and more in a way that I think isn't always helpful. Uh, it isn't helpful and kind of uh, promotes, uh, in, in a sense, kind of an over-exaggeration of one's mental health conditions as well. And I think this is particularly true sometimes when I work with uh, the youth or adolescents in terms of kind of how they understand their mental health and, and how sometimes, as I said earlier, uh, if we look at mental health on a dimension, um, you know, we all have normal moods, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> we might have a depressed mood or an anxious mood, or we just might be stressed out, or it's been a tough week. But I think sometimes in our society today, then that equates with, well, I have depression, or I have anxiety, or I have a mental illness, as opposed to you're just a normal human person who's having a difficult day or a difficult week, right? And so, I think sometimes that can kind of get get um, influenced by you know the broader culture at large. So, is there a connection between our faith and a healthy mental health outlook on life? Absolutely, I think if you look at the research on uh, you know mental health, mental illness. And, uh, you know, you look at whether it's Catholic faith, Christian faith, 
any any faith denomination, whatever. I think I think the research would say the correlation between people who practice a particular faith, um, they tend to have better mental health. They tend to uh, to cope better, um, and and that's pretty that's a pretty robust correlation that would would signal that like religious coping, faith, prayer, reception of the sacraments, all those things are certainly uh, important in terms of, of helping us to have a, a, a better mental health, a better outlook, a better mindset, however you'd want to kind of look at that, for sure, without a doubt. What about any detriments that come from, say, the, the connection between faith and mental health? I mean, you talked a little bit about the benefits, but what about other yeah. side effects of that? Sure. Well, you know, the, the benefits are... are, are uh, Legion. I mean, there's there's tremendous. A, a few that I would say that would, might be the negatives of that, right? Would just be, I think, if we have a, a misunderstanding or a distortion of faith or God, um, our relationship to God. You know, sometimes if I am working with with individuals who might have a certain scrupulosity, okay, and scrupulosity is kind of an anxiety around having to perform for God or to get things right, or you know. Um, that if I, and if I don't do things just right, or I don't do things perfectly, or if I don't, uh, then then I'm not loved by God or other people. Uh, you know that would certainly cause people to have a lot of anxiety, a uh, sense of God as being kind of this um, judging God, and that I have to earn His love can cause people to have a certain sense of stress, and uh, per- particularly individuals who might be a bit more perfectionistic, right? And uh, and so a lot of times what I see is the way that we interact with other people in our life. The way that we interact in general, we sometimes project onto God. And so, you know, the stress that I carry, the way that I have to, you know, think of myself, I, I, I kind of project that onto God. And in that way, um, if we have a misperception of God or a distortion, uh, certainly that can cause some problems in our mental health, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And one of the things that I don't know if you can speak to this, Dr. Link, but uh, I'm a father, I have nine children. And um, and I'm I'm constantly aware of uh, maybe more so now than uh, in the past as I've matured a little that you know the the way that I interact with my children somehow communicates something about not only my love for them and care for them and I you know I have to be careful about uh, being stressed out and and speaking from a place of anxiety and stress in my own life you know but. But that, mm-hmm. that impacts how they perceive God the Father um, in, a, right. in, a, in a scary way for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that, that's exactly right. And I think helping, you know, uh, one of the things that is particularly helpful uh, about our faith, though, if we, if we look at the benefits again, is Scripture, right? And so sometimes one of the things that I, that I find a lot is, you know, we all have these kind of negative thoughts or negative perceptions about ourselves or about others or about things that have been said to us. And one of the real important parts about our faith is is the Word of God, right? And the Word of God is true. And so, you know, helping people to understand that, even though you might feel like you're a loser and you're pathetic and you're not, you're not accomplishing anything and your life doesn't matter, like the Word of God is true. And the Word of God, is, we need to kind of rest in that. And that can be very helpful for people who who uh, who can kind of cling to that and to, to start to see themselves with a different dignity and worth um, and a certain relationship to Christ, that, you know, Christ is in a relationship with us, and all those things can really help an individual in terms of coping with stress and, 
and their mental health. So those are, you know, those are big things, uh, the Word of God, sacraments, prayer, that counter some of the other negatives that we talk about. But you're, you're right, uh, um, particularly as a parent, uh, we have to be really mindful of, of the perception and the way that we're interacting with our children, because in a sense we're kind of a, an image of God to them. And, and I don't know if I'm projecting backwards, you know, but some oftentimes my own, again, kind of saying correlated, as I try to grow in holiness, as I try to uh, grow in a better relationship with God the Father and with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, I, I realize that to my own family of origin, my own perceptions, my own relationships, things that, you know, things from my past to speak into that. Uh, in a powerful way, and and sometimes there are ways that I have to overcome them. <laughs> you know, I have to go back and right. and uh, and really review that. Very much so. Yeah, and, and so I think you know those are things that are very very impactful in our mental health. That you know don't necessarily speak to anything about a mental illness, but it's just about kind of again how we think about things, how we think about ourselves, how we think about relationships, how we think about the world around us, how we think about status, what I have to achieve, you know, all that stuff can cause stress. And I, you know, stress is really the number one culprit to a person's mental health. And we have a lot of stress, unfortunately, in our world today. So. Amen. Yeah, we do. And <laughs> and really what you you know, you're speaking and we'll, uh, we're going to take a little break here, but when we come back, we can maybe chat a little more about, Really, the vision that you're communicating, and, and, and I'm assuming that uh, you know you also do on the University of Mary, as I understand it too, is is this really integrated yeah. approach? You know, this integrated yeah. approach between our mind and our body, and um, all those things are connected, and our faith. You know, all those things are connected, and the, as a human person, we can't really disconnect those right. things as much as we try. Absolutely, right. All right, so thank you, Dr. Link. We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll uh, join you on the other side of our break to talk more about uh, Catholicism and mental health. Those of you listening, stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Matthew 19, we learn about a servant whose master had just forgiven his debts. Although the servant is grateful for his master's mercy, he is unable to show the same kind of mercy towards his own debtor, even though they owed him an amount that was much smaller. His master moved with compassion for his servant, who never in a thousand years could have repaid his huge debt, forgives all. What life-changing mercy, yet how much more mercy was shown the day Jesus came to the world to set us free from the bondage of sin and death. Through this parable of the forgiven servant, Jesus makes his point crystal clear. Forgive your enemies, family, and friends, because in the measure that we forgive and show mercy, so forgiveness and mercy will be shown us. 
Jesus has shown us unfathomable mercy. Who in your life needs a little mercy today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Jacques Daniel here with... Karen Davis. And we are broadcasting live from the Diocese of Rapid City. Downtown Rapid City. It's a beautiful day in Rapid City. Armadillos right across the street is still open. Still open. <laughs> are they not open all year? No, I think they, they close at some, maybe November or something. Well, I forget. somebody's mental health will suffer on that. Yeah, this is, it's a good, it's a very important aspect of our mental health that we're right across the street from an ice cream shop. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> well, we're here uh, this morning with uh, Dr. James Link from the University of Mary and from the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota. We've been talking about Catholicism, our faith, uh, a healthy mental, uh, I feel weird to say healthy mental health, but you know what I'm saying, mental yeah. health, a good yeah. quality. How do I say that better, Dr. Link? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I think we all, we all want to have a uh, kind of an, an integrated, integrated life and to have an ordered mental health, right? We want to be ordered go. to the ultimate good, yeah. <laughs> ordered is a good word ordered there you go yeah 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 Yeah. so just before the break we were chatting about the idea of uh integration of of the human person that our minds and our bodies and uh, you indicated uh you know reaction to stress the way that our bodies process stress it, it impacts our mental health so the, our mm-hmm. the ordering of our mental health good order or bad order stress yeah. not good order doesn't lead to right. good order. <laughs> no, and you know, I think that the history of the church and, and uh, of of you know uh, shows that at times there's been these pendulum swings, in which maybe at times we've we've minimized the body, we've glorified the body, we've mini- we've minimized the spiritual life. You know, we've we kind of have this pendulum, but the church has always been good about saying, you know, we've got to we've got to live an integrated life. A mind, body, and soul, and that uh, that there needs to be an order to how we do this. And so, I think that's always important when um, I'm working with people. Is like, you know, don't over don't overcomplicate things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Keep things simple, but live an ordered life. And and uh, an ordered life just means like, you know, number one, have your priorities in terms of you know paying attention to our soul, but but also paying attention to you know taking care of your body and getting adequate sleep and all of those things, right? You know, sometimes people. Um, disregard the body and focus way too much just on their spiritual life, and that, that's fine to focus on the spiritual life, but remember, you're still in a body, and your body has a tremendous impact upon your mind and your soul, and so, um, you know, I think it's important to kind of remember that sense of order, 
and and just to keep it to keep it simple, right? I mean, I think that's that the message we want to say is each one of us has a different kind of I would call recipe for how they need to take good care of themselves. But you, you need to be um, self-aware enough to understand, like, what is it that I need to do in order to renew my spirit, to refresh my body, and to take good care of my mind, right? Because I've got stress in my life, and you can't get away from it. You know, you can't, you can't get away from stress, but you've got you've to find ways in which you renew your body and your soul so that you can manage stress in a healthy way. And I think sometimes uh, when I'm working with individuals or talking to students, they don't really have an understanding of how to cope with stress. They don't have an understanding of like how to renew their self. Um, and so they just kind of get kind of caught up in the, in the, the whole kind of vortex of stress and it just pulls them under really quickly. So, you know, before, uh, before we got you on Dr. Link, Karen and I were talking about our homeschool kickoff this uh, year. It was, mm. uh, it was yesterday, the feast of St. Augustine and uh, my wife in preparation for kind of, Thinking through, we'd like to think through like a major theme for the year. You know, what are what is what is something our our family really needs to focus on, and uh, and this is really the the topic of the integration of our body to mm-hmm. that we need to eat and move and uh, most importantly sleep. How do we eat, move, and sleep in a way that takes care of our bodies and and uh, and puts us in a better frame of mind to to learn and to interact kindly with each other and to you know, interact with the world. And so there you go. Eat, move, sleep, keep it simple and, uh, and integrated. That was a huge yeah. thing for us this year. Mm-hmm. And that, and that it's interesting because the whole, you know, the etymology of, of disorder and order that, you know, that comes from our faith and, you know, we use disorder so much in the psychological world. You know, everything's a disorder an anxiety disorder, depressive disorder, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the contrary to that is order. <laughs> and when we live an ordered life, right, when we pray and we're in touch with Christ and we take adequate care of our, of our body and our mind, you know, things just go better. It just goes better. And, um, and so I think there's just a lot of wisdom that can be gained through our faith and through, you know, paying attention to the lives of the saints and, uh, and, and avoiding those pendulum swings, right? I mean, what did St. Thomas always talk about, you know, the, the golden mean. Um, it's easy to be on the extremes. Uh, it takes more discernment and more kind of virtue to live in this place of, uh, of the mean and to, to find that balance in life. And that's not easy, but that's re- really where we're going to thrive, even our mental health. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about all of my friends, the family, um, things I see on social media through people who maybe don't live nearby. I don't see in person, but I see glimpses of their life on on Facebook or Instagram or other places yeah. and there are a lot of issues that people are dealing with and sometimes I feel like I'm not prepared to give the right answer to give any answer when there is a cry for help and I feel well you know there there's got to be a way in which we as Catholics can have an an approach that helps but doesn't contradict our faith or contradict what is ordered maybe, you know, because there is so much disorder and misunderstanding. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. And and I think uh, within the world of mental health, uh, the world of, of, uh, you know, psychology, all this, there there are different currents out there, different approaches to to topics that we have to be careful about. You know, I would just encourage people to, to, you know, to seek out resources like, CatholicTherapist.com. Um, there's a Catholic Psychotherapy Association. 
I mean, there's a lot of good resources in terms of just educating ourselves about how do we talk about some of these mental health issues um, around sexuality, around depression, around suicide. A lot of these really important topics, but we have to talk about them in a, in a way that really is integrated and that um, speaks to the true nature of the human person. Um, and sometimes the profession at large doesn't necessarily do that and can lead people astray. And so I think we, we do have to be careful. Um, about those particular hot-button topics. But I think, you know, just fundamentally when we're dealing with loved ones, it's just important to um, to listen and to know, let them know that we care for them um, and, and just to pray, right? But, uh, but you're right, there are some topics in general that can be kind of difficult and sometimes hard to navigate for sure. I feel like as a mom, I only have eight kids as opposed to Jacques and Annie with their <laughs> nine. You know, I just... <laughs> You know, at least eight is an even number, but it still has right. an odd amount of uh, stress that comes with parenting eight <laughs> oh, kids. Goodness. Yeah, you know, my oldest is twenty-two. My second oldest is twenty, and they're both in a college setting. I have one that's graduated, and then I have the rest still at home. And I find like there are issues that they deal with, either especially in the college setting. And um, you know, with mm. the coming in from, you know, one is at a Catholic university, one is at a state university. I feel like the world is closing in on our youth and trying to steal them away and lying to them about the state of their mental health. Whereas you're saying it's stress, but they're trying to say, oh, no, you have a disorder and you need, you know, the world tries to turn our youth against us and against our church. And I feel like we as parents, as faithful Catholics, need to take that back and say, hey, no, God loves you. He is truth with a capital T, and he will not forsake you, and he will not lie to you, and I can tell you who you are by reading the Bible. You know, that that's right. all you need to know. And I think that there is a genuine, a genuine lack of understanding of confidence in God's word right now from the youth. Yeah, and, and I think that's where, you know, we, we go back to uh, that dimensional approach and just really helping everyone to understand that, um, you know, we all have mental health, and sometimes our mental health isn't as good as it is at other times, right? I mean, we, right. we might be struggling with some stress and just, just different contextual factors in life, but that doesn't mean that you have some type of a mental health condition. Right. You're not um, broken. And that, <laughs> correct, exactly. You're not broken. You don't, you know, you don't have to buy into some of that. I mean, right. you just got to kind of, you got to kind of take better care of yourself and get back to the basics. And then there are people at times who, who really do have a mental health condition that they, they need to seek out professional help. Um, they need, they need more than just the norm, right? But, but I think in our current culture now, there tends to be, particularly with the youth and adolescents, a sense of like every mental health, um, difficulty that you experience is therefore mental illness, right? And then you kind of have to embrace that. You know, I would just say that to the larger community listening um, is one of the things that I just encourage youth um, and and just everybody is not to be passive about taking care of your mental health, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes I see individuals where it's they kind of, you know, I think I'm depressed, I'm anxious. And so we kind of, we kind of get pulled into a passivity around that. And therefore there's nothing I can do about it, right? And I think you'd want to look at it as any other type of thing, you know, like if my, my physical health or, or my spiritual health, I can't get I can't get comfortable with a lack of health. I have to like really 
be mindful and aware of what I need to do to take better care of myself. And I think sometimes in our society, there's a sense of like, just embrace the fact that you're anxious or depressed and then just kind of wallow in it. And that's not okay, right? I mean, we have to kind of push back on that mentality. Right. And I think that's where the church and our faith would say, um, you know, in this life, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have difficulty. We're going to have suffering. What is it? But, you know, what does the letter of the Hebrews say? We, we, we have a high priest who's able to sympathize with us, who endured all things, right? He gets it. And we've got to be able to talk to him about the struggles that we have. And, and like you said, the Word of God is helpful. Prayer is helpful. Meditation is helpful. The sacraments are helpful. Um, are they going to take away all your difficulties? No. But they're going to give you a tremendous amount of grace and, and help and benefit so that you can handle the stress in your life. And that's the important part to let people know, right? Amen. Yeah, that is the important part that, uh, in, just as you summarize that in a beautiful way, the, the church exists to order us, right? To mm-hmm. order us to God who is uh, ultimately ordered and orders all things. And um, and what a beautiful way, yeah, the, 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 pe- the, the, the piece about the sacraments. We I wish we had time, more time to talk about it, but Dr. Link, thank you for your time, and uh, God bless you for your work uh, up in Bismarck. And uh and we pray for all those who need uh, more help from the church uh, to find res- the amazing, some of those amazing resources that you listed uh, uh, in their in their conversation with us. Thank you, Doctor Link. Absolutely, my pleasure. Well, thank you all for uh, listening. Real Presence Radio Live. We're going to take a short little break. When we come back from the break, we're going to be chatting with the Red River Valley Furniture Mission. Try saying that ten times fast. The Red River Valley Furniture Mission. Stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll catch you after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. And uh, I remember when uh, they came around looking for donations at the churches when they were trying to get started. And it really hit me when, I don't even remember who it was, came around, but it was just like, I think that I need this. Because I wanted to be be fed. Uh, I wasn't taking time to read my Bible or any of that, but I just knew it was like, well, if I could listen to stuff on the radio like he talked about. And so it, it was everything that it said and more, you yeah. know, in all reality. So. It doesn't take a lot of effort to turn it on. It does not take a lot of effort. You know, sometimes, really, it, I'm going to back up on that and say it, it, it almost does, because if you want to be drawn in and contemplate what is all being said on the radio, there's a lot of stuff that gets kind of deep. It's like, well, it makes you contemplate. It's like, uh, okay, am I, am I ready to, to take this food in and digest it and all that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual food. So, yeah, it's it's been, it's been really good for me from from my faith walk do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago i'm father chris alar god is outside of time and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time past present or future So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. 
please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.